0: Listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 502. My name is Dave, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Wayne as we discuss the Fox series Fringe. And uh, you know, we haven't talked about the weather in a while. And <laughs> you know, my brother's down in Florida, so he'll call me up. Oh, how's the winter up there? I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, it was 79 yesterday. <laughs>
1: barely, barely. I don't even. I would, I would, I would hesitate to call it what we experienced. Over the last couple months, winter at all.
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, I'm certainly happy about that for sure. And, yeah, well,
1: except for the planet is freaking dying. Well,
0: yeah, well, there is that, but uh, you know, <laughs> but you know, the upside of that is, look how many post-apocalyptic science fiction shows can right. can be born out of that.
1: Now we can move those shows to the non-fiction
0: well, section. Well, there. Soon. Okay. Well, you know,
1: at least for. So, it'll some, be documentary soon at
0: least for some of the population that uh right. actually kind of lives on evidence and facts but anyway yeah. um all right <laughs> uh, so your weekend was good you were traveling again for field hockey yes
1: yep down in uh, richmond virginia for the weekend
0: okay which i've never really been to richmond
1: and it's kind of a you know it's kind of a neat city in an anti-bellum kind of way um i mean i i love I don't know it really anything about architecture, but I like architecture a lot. So the old, really old houses and everything there that are all over the city was pretty cool. Um, you don't see it in a lot of places in Virginia because, like, the Union Army came through in the Civil War and kind of destroyed a lot of the places in Northern Virginia. But I realized Richmond was never touched, right? They they kind of avoided uh, all of that in the Civil War. Um, so all these houses are still standing in pristine, pretty beautiful conditions. So, mm, wow.
0: It was cool. Now, my brother went to college in Charlottesville, and I had a girlfriend for a couple years that lived in Charlottesville. So, you know, that campus is is just amazing, yeah. and a lot of that yeah. architecture, you know, remained untouched from the Civil War. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, just like you said, the architecture is just phenomenal, yeah. but I guess— Really cool, yeah. Nice, nice little
1: city, Richmond, Virginia. So, so. all right. Well, let's apparently see. the people there like their marijuana a lot. Oh, okay. It's like everywhere. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we'll be in Maryland here pretty soon, right? We sure, uh, passed sure. legislation. Now they're just got to figure out a way to sell it through uh stores. But anyway, that's another right. another issue another, for another another issue. Yeah. Um all right before i get to
1: what but I'm, by then like the, these uh we might get have more interesting podcast once that
0: happens well there you go since we uh haven't <laughs> been podcasting drunk so right uh anyway i was listening to a podcast and i now i can't remember what it's called but but they they deal with streaming uh content and i've mentioned it before and i probably remembered the name back then but but they were talking about an interesting concept that i know you can relate to not at the same level that i relate to it but it's a condition known as marvel fatigue (laughs) and when you start i guess thinking about how much content marvel has produced continues to produce plans to produce that it becomes overwhelming and you know we've mentioned this before Why do I want to start a new show? Granted, it's already completed its run, but it has like 160 episodes. I'll never get through it, so I'm not even going to start. And they were talking about that the Marvel Universe is kind of like that. Well, you know, if you're going to watch this movie, you have to watch these three first and in this order, and then you need to go over here. And I get it. I mean... You know, I've said many times, I'm more of a Marvel guy than DC. Uh, I liked Arrow for a while. And I really loved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and, you know, I I enjoyed some of the Marvel movies. I haven't seen them all for sure. But uh,
1: I find it hilarious that out of your interaction with the MCU, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is really your big thing that you Well, yeah,
0: but you know why? I think it is because, number one, it's a TV show in which this base of characters was allowed plenty of time and opportunity to evolve, which you don't really see in the movies. Now, you... Right. You,
1: now, some people might say some of the evolution that took place was kind of ridiculous, but... Eh,
0: okay, right. maybe. Uh, you know, and I'll give you that. But yeah, but,
1: point taken, though. Like, I, I gotcha. So, that makes right. sense. Right.
0: So, uh, anyway, I just found that fascinating, and, and I would think that might apply to other areas. I, again I'm not as familiar with the DC universe in, in terms of film. I'm, you know, a little more so with TV, with Flash and Arrow and Legends yeah, of Tomorrow.
1: The uh, DC movies just haven't been that great. You know, like they were okay. Uh The Man of Steel, I liked that one a lot. Uh Batman versus Superman was okay. Aquaman was okay. One the first Wonder Woman was great. But they 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 have not done a really, and I think that's what uh, James Gunn, who did um, you know the the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and uh, for uh, Warner he did the um, the, sui- the most recent Suicide Squad movie. He they're bringing him in to I think kind of bring some order to the the chaos here and create DC universe much as what uh, Marvel has done there. So you know he's well, you know we'll see we'll see how it goes
0: well for what i'm watching i finished season 1 started season 2 of 3% that brazilian dystopian tale that's on netflix that i mentioned last week and and i'm still enjoying it i'm i'm not so invested that i sit down and and burn off 3 4 episodes at a time i'm taking my time but i'm still enjoying it and we'll definitely keep going in my crime drama world my wife and i just started a uk french series called the tunnel which i think is on prime video if i'm not mistaken but but it's really cool because the you know the show starts they've got a dead body inside the euro tunnel half the bodies in france half the bodies in the uk Ah, So first of all, they got a international incident, right. And they're arguing over jurisdiction and then, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, a huge WTF moment when they try to move the body and then we go from there. And, and one of the fascinating things, and as you might imagine the, the detectives that are paired, one is French, the other is, is British and the female French detective it hasn't been established yet what her deal is. Clearly, she she possesses no social skills whatsoever.
1: I bet you she's hot, though.
0: You know, what? but she's – yes, but she's also <laughs> – you know, it's like she can't really be bothered to comb her hair or but – but the interesting thing is I say this to my wife because, again, I've been married long enough to know these things and, and what to – Um, you know pick up on that she's got a certain style in the way she dresses which is completely outside of her character them like oh you probably like her boots and she goes oh yeah i love those and 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 then i'm like she's driving a porsche which just doesn't go and, and they haven't really established yet but i won't be surprised if they you know explain that she falls somewhere on the spectrum so even though she's clearly a brilliant detective you know the the social aspect is just fascinating and and the the british male cop is a bit older than than her it's a high profile case he's got a, a son who's like about 18 or 19 and he's like are you gonna invite Elise over? Uh, can I talk can I sit next to her at dinner? You know, so the sun thinks she's hot.
1: Yeah. Right. But, uh,
0: anyway, what are you watching?
1: Well, so I did finish Alice in Borderland uh last, oh, week, we last talk. Now we and now we can't
0: talk about the finale on the no, air. No, we
1: can't really. Um The one thing I, I can say about it is that you know, I I mean the the, the big question of, of the show is like what is what is reality? Yeah. Like what it's, what is going on? Right. And, and I think even at the end they answer it. And then like the very last scene seemed to unanswer it, you know, but, um, but I like, you know, they kind of examined a bunch of different like sci-fi kind of tropes, uh, in, in running through what potentially could be actually going on. And so, yeah, it was, it was a really, really great series. Um, you know, think about on the on the whole, uh, you know, it's definitely started off strong uh, with a lot of you know really great character development. And I think they basically kept that up, and, and maybe threw some things at the characters that didn't make sense. And so they kind of like I, I know there's one with the uh, I can't remember the girl's name, but there, you know there's one episode where like her character really really kind of radically changed in the one episode, and then they you know must have thought, well that was dumb of us to do here let's change it back in the next episode so uh really 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 great uh and yeah i don't i don't know like are they i I haven't looked whether there's any more or not i think they low-key left open the possibility they certainly tied up the story at the end of it all but i feel like they they maybe left some possibility that there could be another season but
0: um, yeah i haven't heard
1: yet yeah i i haven't looked it up or anything like that so um, so the other show, which I've just started, which I mean, oh, I, I I'd watched the season one before is hunters. Oh, okay.
0: I haven't which, seen for, it. I know of it though.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a cool show. I started watching season two without watching season one. And well, I think probably ideally I should have probably gone back and watch season one, there's like 11 episodes, and I just don't feel like it. Uh, I'm I'm handling season two fine, just I'm like four episodes in. And, um, you know, I, I remember the characters pretty well. They they make reference to some things that I didn't quite remember, because it's been ages since season one came out. But it's still uh, enjoyable. It's, like, still super violent, which I kind of like that as well. And uh, it's a pretty cool show. And, you know, when you see Nazis getting hunted down, that's always a little – that's fun too, so – all right. Um, I just want more, because I, I meant to mention it last week, and it kind of ties to what you said, uh, is uh, the, the most recent Black Panther movie, Wakanda, Forever. You know, it, it is funny, because I think that what you said about the, the Marvel fatigue, I think that is real. I You know, I I haven't gone out to, I didn't go see this movie at the theater. You know, I just waited for it to come out on Disney+. Plus. Just the same with the previous Doctor Strange movie. So I tend to now, you know, so that, that would indicate to me a, a less excitement about new Marvel content than in the past where like you know, an Avengers movie came out, we would go see it like the first week, you know, for sure. Um, and I know part of that is just the nature of now going to out the theaters now. Um, it's still, you know, an awkward ish type thing, even though we're maybe hopefully kind of on the backside of the COVID pandemic, but it's just so effing expensive. Especially if I bring all the kids, a family of six, to go see a movie. And if you get popcorn and shit there, dude, yeah. it is, it's out of control. Yeah,
0: you're approaching four figures.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like I need to take a second job so I can take the family out to a movie uh, once a year or something. So, um, but yeah, we'll kind of forget it still. It was great. Um, you know, certainly um, missing Chadwick Bozeman a lot. But yet the, uh, the, the the women folk in the story really carry the story here, and they do a great job with it—the uh, acting, the action, everything—showing that uh, girls can be kick-ass action heroes as well, which we have already known. We talk about that a lot, anyway. So it's a good movie. A little bit long. You you would definitely not be down with the two-hour and forty-minute runtime, but uh, you know it was it was enjoyable, and like the previous one, just beautifully shot like the cinematography is outstanding costuming is amazing um really good stuff though it was very dark uh, and dark i mean as in it was hard to see at sometimes what the heck was going on a la outer range uh, so gotcha. that was like not an enjoyable part of it for me so that's all i got
0: there. okay all right well let's get to fringe season two episode three titled fracture written by David Wilcox directed by Brian Spicer this one aired October 12th I'm sorry October 1st 2009 and I guess the the only discussion point I want to throw out there at the beginning has to do with the observer and like last week we aren't really dealing with a monster of the week per se unless you Consider Colonel uh, whatever his name is a he, monster.
1: I, I was about to say. I think we do have a monster. But, but, the week is just the monster is not a paranormal monster.
0: Yeah, but then when we get to the end and and we we learn his motivation behind this, while we still can't excuse his methods, he's not crazy. Even though, as he well, said, well, these,
1: well, I think he's crazy. Okay, well, let me
0: let me get to what I was going to say. You know, we've learned about the observer, you know, in, in season one, and and you know, we we hear a little bit more in season two. And while we still don't know who the observer really is, where he comes from, when he comes from, and why he's here, we get a little bit more information about what's going on and when we hear the colonel's explanation at the end about the fact that they are here collecting data now granted that's what he thinks we don't know yet what the observer's purpose is
1: Right. Well, I, mean, I don't think there's anything that we've seen that shows they have any kind of malicious intent or anything like that. They just kind of, I mean, they they certainly are, um, you know, uninterested. Well, not uninterested. They are removed and objective, right? They They don't participate. They know things are going to happen. They don't stop things from happening, even though that could create loss of life. So in that case, we could say maybe that's a bit callous, but I don't know if we've really seen them acting with any kind of malice.
0: Right. And and I think to keep the monster label in place on the colonel, if his main purpose is to prevent the contents of that briefcase from reaching the observer, there are a lot less intrusive ways of doing that
1: sure and ones that aren't going to kill yeah. a ton of people right especially hot women sitting in train stations
0: so i, I you know i i don't know what that's all about you know, uh, you know if it wasn't for that ending uh, little mini monologue i would again bring up zft because right. this seems to be you know the modus operandi sure. of, of a lot of what we've we've seen there but that doesn't necessarily seem to be the case unless zFt was simply you know pulling the strings of this you know military clandestine operation as a Peters it's like there's certain words that should never be uttered in the same sentence or, hmm. right Se- yeah. secret military government project or
1: yeah yeah but well, well. So there's also something that that you said there. Like, um, you know, the Carl doesn't say that they're going to destroy us all. He says whatever is in those cases is going to destroy us all. And right when he says wow, that, right, the observer pulls out uh, pictures of Walter. Right. And it's like, dude. And and we. That's that's
0: my comment. Yeah, and, and we've certainly talked enough about scientists not paying enough attention to the consequences of their work and if there's any scientist that fits that bill it's it's Walter Bishop and fortunately he's got his son now I I think as sort of a I guess a governor if you will to, to use an engine analogy to to keep him under control i mean olivia to a certain extent and i i guess uh you know maybe Broyles, maybe even nina to to a certain extent because certainly nina knows quite a bit that that hasn't been revealed yet as we've said a number of weeks mm-hmm. but uh i mean the, the main story is the evolution of project tin man And on the one hand, from a a gruesome perspective, and this is from a guy who spends all his time watching international crime dramas. And, uh, uh, you know, the one I just watched was about as gruesome as it gets, or we're still watching, we're finishing season one. When he turns to that ceramic-like nature and then explodes, I, I think we certainly know what the deal is here before walter figures it out which is of course the he doesn't need to smuggle a bomb in, he is the bomb so or maybe it's peter that figures it out i can't remember but
2: uh
1: I, yeah i can't remember i just it, they, it kind of happens about the same time that we figure it out like they figure it out. yeah which is very i, I like how they did that's good writing there where you know Where it's not like, oh, I know what's going on, and then like with the characters on screen, take another ten minutes of running into walls before they figure it out. Yeah,
0: and last week we talked about the fact that Peter ran across a potential case for the team to to look into, and Broyles gave him the green light. This week, it's Astrid Mm -hmm. that suggests you know something worth looking into, and Walter is completely excited this means bodies yeah. and yes walter a lot of bodies <laughs> and but she should
1: you know again like most people would not be excited about that but you know it's okay. walter
0: right now on on the one hand i was going to ask you whether you're tired of this or not i, I i'm definitely not olivia says to peter you're going to tell me you know a guy yeah maybe <laughs> I'm not tired of that. I I love that. Yeah,
1: no, not at all, not at all. It it adds to, we we almost have forgotten about, you know, Peter from season one, episode one, right? That guy who was a little bit oily, a little bit sneaky and everything. And um, while he is definitely not that guy, but this is like just a little callback to that that guy from, you know, all the way back there a a season ago.
0: Yeah. And. Peter's guy in this episode manages to get some images from the footage that had been jammed. And of course, later it's Peter that comes up with the idea that radio waves may be used to trigger the explosion, which again, I love the fact that Walter doesn't dismiss it. He he understands his son is brilliant, despite the fact that you know he he really never uh, you know I think Walter's getting over being that parent that says you know you're so smart you've never used your gifts the, the way they should be used uh, you know so I think he's beyond that and, and and he trusts Peter and that's what the experiment was all about in the lab and again you got to love Astrid what did I tell you about fruit I just cleaned the lab <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah and then now she's got watermelon all over the place
0: but they're wearing eye protection so you know certainly you know that that was uh fortuitous but the injections between the toes ooh, you know just yeah. just oh creepy horrific that, all of the above that's, that's tough to watch oh and in. then when the woman was injecting herself and she starts we start thinking like oh is she going to crystallize and explode right here but no it you know, immediately subsides, but what must she think all that time she's injecting herself? I mean,
1: right. Well, I mean, I, I guess it's, you know, which it's not inaccurate
0: that it's saving her life, right? Yeah. Well, I guess that's true Or, or at least that's what they're telling her. And I guess there is truth. I mean, that, that doctor does seem to verify that if I recall correctly.
1: Yeah, that you know they were exposed to something in Iraq, and so they gave them this you know this something that would so they could live. Unfortunately, what they were giving them could also turn them into a bomb
0: as right. well. The so, downside. The <laughs>
1: downside, right? You are now a walking bomb, which is kind of – that sucks a little bit, but
0: right. And even before they get to Iraq, when Peter confronts Broyles but I'm going to need some things first. I'm going to need, I don't know, let's say $10,000 in cash. And I believe you said 20,000 20, uh, transport and a passport with uh, another identity on it. I'm still on some watch yeah. lists.
1: That's that's what I tell my wife whenever I go to Vegas actually.
0: Nice. Well, the other thing that struck me, it's like, well, if you're on some watch lists, why hasn't Broyles gone in and taken you off the watch list? But yeah, story for another day
1: maybe. True. Well, there there might be watch lists that even Broyles can't reach. Well, that's frightening. <laughs> right. When you think right. about it. Well, that's it. what I'm saying, like that's what we think because you're right. Like yeah, I mean we we assume Broyles could just kind of take care of all that all that stuff, but uh, it seems like he's on some list that even even Broyles can't touch.
0: Yeah. Now, you know, one of the things we'll get to in, in a second, Olivia still using her cane, still feeling the after effects of the car crash and and hurtling through the, the front windshield.
1: Okay, can I actually just pause for a sure. moment here? Because I actually did go back to uh, Season 1, Episode 20 to watch the car crash and figure out what's going on here. So I think I figured it out. Okay. So she is in an SUV. At first, I thought she wasn't. Uh, I thought she was just in a regular uh, sedan, but she's in a black SUV, which is the car that we saw her fly through the windshield. Now, what's happening is she's driving down the street in New York. A car pulls out in front of her. Now, there's a curious thing with the audio here because we hear the sound of crashing, but she swerves out away from the car. So it seems like she's avoided the accident, but what I think has happened as the accident actually happened in the one world, but in the other world, she's avoided the accident.
0: Right, and and so we know she's been absent from the car for an hour, so I guess that's the hour that she meets with William Bell.
1: Right, because and, right after that, she like goes to a restaurant, and then someone says, go to this place, and she goes up the building, and she meets William Bell and everything. So, right, right. So, so yeah, so uh, mystery solved ish I
0: think yeah and you know we we've talked a number of times about how much we hate the digital clock countdown Yeah, and they kind of do that here and and she can't figure out how to turn off the remote and then you gotta love the fact that she smashes it with her cane
1: right it's like all right she's out of other options
0: right right and the the irony that this has been the bane of her present condition that you know it's you know look olivia dunham doesn't like to ask for help and you know we've seen that in in season one and and we certainly see that in, in season two as well so the fact that this is what saves the day even though it's not the catalyst for getting her back to normal it's still pretty cool you know? Yeah. um and then, uh you know, I guess the last part of that story we, we kind of talked about at the beginning, um Colonel Gordon telling Broyles that the enemy is among us, and I agree with you, we don't see the observer at least what we know to this point. we don't see the observer as an enemy, but we don't know why he's observing and right. and what his end game really is
1: he's had you know the conversation with. You know, Walter that they have in the graveyard. And then um, now he has these pictures of Walter. So whatever the observer is, is pretty closely linked with what Walter's deal is.
0: Right. And we don't know whether there are observers all over the world shadowing other brilliant scientists. Of Walter Bishop's ilk or is Walter Bishop the imminent danger to the earth which maybe he is well according to the uh, the colonel's line
1: he is right
0: well it, it, but that's maybe just based on the colonel's small world view that you know that, that maybe there's and I'm you know making air quotes another colonel on some other continent that is feeling the same fear and you know maybe didn't run a clandestine program like this maybe instead of blowing up an entire train station to (laughs) prevent a briefcase from you know getting to the observer he just has somebody go snatch the briefcase and set it on fire Some you know whatever yeah so
1: no, I just, yeah, you, know, you know, like thinking about that, it's kind of confusing. You know, like why is he blowing these people up? Like if he just wants them to grab the briefcase, why can't he just grab the briefcase? Well, right, right. You know, bring it back to him and they go look and see what's in the briefcase. Instead, he blows a person up, can't see what's in the briefcase and all kinds of other people die.
0: Right. I mean, at first you think it's making physical contact with the briefcase right. that detonates the person but that's of course not it and we learn that it's the briefcase that that the colonel wants to destroy but like you said i mean we could keep going down this path but we're not going to come any closer to an answer why he doesn't take you know a less invasive approach but right i guess it doesn't make as compelling well he's
1: obviously not that kind of guy nope right yeah it makes right like you know they need to move the story forward they need him to be a bad guy
0: well and i think the doctor in iraq says something about him being like really dangerous or volatile i forget what adjective he uses to describe the colonel but it's not good for sure right now sam weiss is obviously helping to bring olivia back to the olivia dunham that she was before traveling to another universe and and flying through a windshield she's in pretty bad physical shape but she's also in pretty bad emotional shape because she can't really control these flashbacks and we see a bunch of them and i tried to stop and pause and screen cap a couple of them i sent to you and i thought one of the the things that was really fascinating was what all of these flashing images were with a red filter over them yes and, of course, the one, the Twin Towers are, are you know, present.
1: Intact, yeah. The like other there, one,
0: right? it, it was a, it, some sort of gruesome face until, no, it's just upside down. So then you turn it up and it's just somebody's lips and, and nose and, and, you know, because we don't see the entire face. So whether that was actually William Bell or not, which is what I suspect— but regardless, it, it it freaks her out because it, it it's on top of everything else, and she can't control anything like that. And then she goes to Sam Weiss, and he's supposed to fix her. And his first session just involves with her putting on and tying bowling shoes. Right. I'm like okay, fine. Yeah, it-
1: you know, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at these pictures. It really kind of looks like Walter's like mouth. Oh, right
0: does there. it? Okay.
1: I think it seems like, but yeah, it's upside down. So yeah, it is. If if you don't, it, and as quickly as you see that, that's definitely come come across as a gruesome type sight. But yeah. So sorry.
0: Right now, the second time, or and it might even be the I guess it's the last time she goes to. Uh, no, it's not. It must be the second time. Can you just cut the Yoda crap and tell me what's happening to me? Right. You know, and, and,
1: and um, I, I think I think it'd be more accurate if she said, "Cut the Mister Miyagi crap."
0: Well, okay, because
1: he's more Mister Miyagi than Yoda. Okay, right? you're,
0: you're probably right. Although he, she set him up. He could have come back and said, "Olivia, patience, learn. You must."
1: Learn, you must, yes. <laughs>
0: he, he doesn't take the opportunity. Uh, but
1: but, but Yoin was always direct. He's like, go jump over that log or do this, do that. Well, Mr. Miyagi was like, all right, you got to wax these cars or you got to paint the fence or you got to sand the floor. You're like, <laughs> Dave's like, why do I have to do that, right? And that's Olivia's like, why am I doing this stuff? And I was like, oh, I'm standing up. Oh, okay, now I kind of see.
0: Yep, and you can go home now yeah. unless you want to help me clean the men's room. And, and next thing you know, she pulls her gun out, holds it. I don't know if she holds it to his head, but she's pointing oh, yeah. it. Okay. And then all of a sudden she realizes, as we realize, she left her cane back on the chair. Take care, Agent Dunham, <laughs> which is just brilliant.
1: That's how cool Sam is. He doesn't like, why are you? Yeah, like you think he'd be like, why are you pulling your gun
0: at me, man? And like you go crazy, but he was just like, hey, check it out. Yep. <laughs> so obviously his methods work. I, I guess my question is still is he aware of the alternate universe and and that you
1: gotta think he is i
0: I gotta think he is as well but you never know i mean we know he helped nina but helping nina did that require him to know that there's an alternate universe because for nina it's a it's a different issue right she had to learn i guess to cope with a um, a, a, a right, right a cybernetic arm so um, that was a, a certainly a different issue so we don't really know what sam Weiss knows but he's an awesome character he's
1: a fabulous character yeah. one of my absolute favorites he's great and i just love the bowling alley like everything like her road to healing takes place in the bowling alley if that were only the case with everything dave
0: well that that would be great yeah. <laughs> no question that would be great um, be so much fun yeah now the other thing the evolution of the bishops and and we heard peter complain and i'm surprised it took him this long to complain about sleeping on a couch in you know a, a one bedroom wherever they've been living so they're looking for apartments walter has to have an apartment that faces east because of the morning sun and and you know we're not surprised or even shocked nor is astrid to hear that walter does naked jumping jacks in the morning (laughs) but yeah but it's not something that peter wants to continue to deal with and and he he wants his own bedroom he just wants his own bedroom what's wrong with that right right Uh, so i mean because what's the alternative that he goes over and spends a night at Olivia's. I mean,
1: well, you know, that'd be okay yeah, probably, I mean, but yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, well, it's, it's part of it. Like, you know, Peter wants some semblance of like an actual life. Right. And Walter is happy with the status quo because his status quo is way, way better than what has been going. What was it? 17, 12, 17. I can't remember how long he was in the, uh, the hospital. I think
0: 17. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So obviously, what is happening right now is totally better than that. So he wants to keep things as they are, but Peter's like, "Dude, I mean, it's it's fine, but like, I just I need my own room, right? Like, the status quo is not working for Peter."
0: Yeah, and, and it's funny because so much of the detective in that show that I was mentioning at the beginning of the the podcast, the the tunnel, so much of her manner and demeanor reminds me of walter bishop like there's a scene where the the two detectives are, are going to talk to the mother of you know a missing teenage girl and the mother says you're, you're going to find her you know aren't you and the woman detective just goes no probably not she's probably already dead right and they get out there and the guy's like why did you say that Well, it's true. Well, you don't have to tell her that, you know, and, and when Walter and the team get to uh, the train station to start investigating that, that first incident and Walter's really rude to that one female agent who rightly so questions (laughs) who he is and why he's there and he recovers, shows some respect to her. And you see him wink at Peter. Yeah. Like, I I know what I did right i made up for it
1: yeah well it's funny because peter just comes up and says hey we're fbi she's just like oh okay like no credentials no nothing he just says i'm fbi she's just like oh all right then
0: <laughs> well that's true too but uh but you know walter he is making progress i guess um, and and then again getting back to the apartment thing and and he talks to Astrid and and again more progress that he says it occurs to me I've never asked you where you live because he's always just so preoccupied with his own world which generally revolves around investigating whatever case happens to be on uh, the table at the moment but he gets a little bit more information from her and he actually holds a momentary conversation with his colleague and and even for her it's it's not that she's shocked it's more pleased that you know i knew you had it in you walter and and it's nice to see it finally coming out and he tells her i have everything i need where we live now and that's fine right but peter doesn't
1: And, and that's the thing like walter is i mean again if you're in a hospital for 17 years you probably get used to routine and things being the same every single day. Right. Yeah. And uh, I imagine he drew some comfort from that. And now he's like, almost like trying to apply that to his life now. And um, you know, but that's not the way things are. Right.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, once they get a place and, and it's Walter that finds it and presents it to Peter, who again is really pleased at the progress that his father is making, this socialization progress that even before St. Clair's, we wonder you know, how Walter Bishop functioned because we get the idea he probably wasn't a whole lot different. I mean, I'm sure it's 17 years, as you allude, it had its impact. How could it not? But we get the idea that even before St. Clair's, he was one of these scientists with tunnel vision that that all I care about is my experiment, my thesis, whatever it is I'm working on, and anything that gets in the way, oh, well. Then. Right.
1: Well, we know that because he experimented on – we know he experimented on Olivia, right? Well, the
0: Cortexophan kids, I mean yeah, – yeah, 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 Okay. So, right. so,
1: so we knew that, right, that he, he'd done that, so – um, yeah, we know he's already. Yeah, because we saw the video, right? Of yeah, that, um, of of him demonstrating his you know pursuit of knowledge, despite the consequences that it might have on other human beings. Right,
0: and you know when we see the the film of that that young college woman with the you know the apparatus on her head that that they were trying to get her to see God. Uh, well, I guess at that point at least she probably volunteered for it, and that she at least was an adult as opposed to a child yeah, the
1: children right
0: yeah so um yep. now now, the other evolution of the bishops and and we kind of just brushed by this scene when he and Olivia are in Iraq. Clearly, Peter has changed and and the, the man that he meets that has the facial scarring probably from some sort of explosion that well, the Peter Bishop I knew only cared about himself. And yeah, I mean, we certainly get that idea. I mean, go back to that first scene when Olivia and Peter meet in the pilot. You know, he keeps dismissing her, calling her honey. You call me honey one more time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And then in this case, Olivia then says, were you going to tell me what that was about? No. (laughs) No. But we get the idea that maybe sometime he will, sometime he will open up. And on the one hand, I think he probably feels a certain amount of remorse, maybe even shame about the kind of man that he was because he really was just kind of i mean we get the idea he was just wandering around aimlessly trying to find a purpose now he really has a legitimate purpose he's reconnected with his father and he's a new man and it, yeah. it, it's difficult to leave the past behind and he certainly wants to but i think we get the idea that eventually it might be bits and pieces but he'll reveal some of his past to olivia
1: yeah maybe uh
0: anyway what else
1: Yeah, as, we, as, um, as we've
0: said 42 minute episodes are much easier to
1: <laughs> yeah
0: right <laughs> talk about
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well, and this one, you know, it was really, again, it, it was, it was a very much a self-contained episode. There was, at the end, a little bit of the mythology in there, but really just a, like a, just a little touch. You know, I think they really, that's one thing that's been great about Fringe is, you know, the, the the deft touch that they have with that writing. You know, like I said before, like, we don't figure something out about the case before the people on screen do, you know, like, we kind of do it at the same time. Um and then you know, just giving us a little bit of the observer at the end and a little bit you know just enough for us to say what's going on, but also to kind of feel satisfied that what we just watched is a story with a you know beginning, middle, and end, and everything, yeah, you know, Fred's gonna mention the guy who played uh the colonel um obviously we know him from <laughs> Orphan Black, but i the first thing I think when I see this guy, uh I think Stephen McCaddy is he played Hollis Mason in the Watchmen movie? Watchmen.
0: I saw that actually. I think I've seen that twice, but I don't remember him. So
1: he is. So you know, it's like there's the two generations of superheroes. Yeah, right? Yeah, right. So he was like the owl guy in the previous generation. Oh, okay. The new Al guy is like his, like like his uh, acolyte or something. But it's cool. I mean, he's been in like tons of stuff it's like it's one of those guys you, you start scrolling down his indb page you just quit because you're like all right he's just better than everything so you know you've seen him in like tons of tons and tons of stuff i felt like the uh the duchess was in the back of one of these scenes but i'm not sure if they would use she
0: her. was she was, was she?
1: okay all right all right Yep. i thought i thought she was back there so um of course she wasn't a duchess then i mean nowadays they would never do that but you know back then she was just a you know another american actress in the background um the hollies the air that i breathe yeah
0: i couldn't you know i meant to look that up and i forgot about it yep okay yeah
1: so um again you know kind of purposeful thematic use of music here really good I'm not a huge hollies fan but you know they're decent
0: Who was that graham nash Was he in the hollies
1: i believe so I think like was Steve Win. I think Steve Winwood was that too. Maybe maybe uh, Elton John even.
0: No, I don't I think right. Elton John.
1: I don't know. Anyway, I'm just I'm just naming people.
0: All right, what else you got? It was,
1: well, anyway, <laughs> so now was going down to Holly's rabbit hole. So sorry, Dave. I think that
0: uh, might be it. Okay. All right. Well, why don't we hear what Fred's got for us this week, and we will be right back.
2: Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Fringe Season 2, Episode 3. Coming back to last week's podcast and especially to Suzanne's feedback. First of all, big compliments, Suzanne, to you, especially for your English writing. Very nice writing style, as far as I can judge it as a non native speaker myself. Really superb and also funny. I also liked your little anecdote, and I really see it in front of me happening, especially in Germany. Perhaps there will ever be a moment that we also can hear you. Und wenn du denkst, dein Englisch ist nicht gut genug, dann können wir natürlich auch Deutsch sprechen und einfach die zwei Herren rauslassen. And if you go along on this ride, it will be very nice to have at least every week two feedback givers. I'm absolutely thrilled that a second feedback giver for this season of Fringe will be a non-native speaker, and especially from my neighbor country and the original country of my wife, who is currently, sadly, in the hospital with a cardiac arrhythmia out of the blue, and she did contract COVID in the hospital, so that makes it extra worrisome at the moment. Okay, let's go into episode three of Fringe, which is the last episode I had seen before. So from now on, you are right, Suzanne. You can be jealous. I never saw Fringe before. But yeah, if you saw it 10 years ago, you have forgot probably a lot. Funniest moment in the episode was when Peter was eating his cheeseburger and Walter says, be a bit considerate and (laughs) was pointing at Jean the cow. Jean, indeed, is mooing when Peter takes his next bite, and then he throws his burger away. It was nice to see Olivia with a scarf in Iraq, and she does find out something about Peter's history in Iraq, although he still keeps quite some stuff close to the chest. The interaction between Samwise and Olivia is, of course, great, that he says, well, you have to learn to be a little more patient. And then she gets very annoyed and just stands up and points a gun at him. And then she discovers that she can walk without a cane. And possibly he did something the same for Nina Sharp. You spoiled that he will be around for a little longer. It's a minor spoiler, that's okay. And actually I'm happy he will be around for a few more episodes or even longer. As an Orphan Black fan, we, of course, recognize here Stephen McHattie, who plays here in Fringe, Colonel Raymond Gordon, and he plays in Orphan Black, P.T. Westmoreland, a very intriguing figure there, and he always plays a kind of evil or actually bright evil people. A bit like that David Robert Jones I think I would give this episode a B plus or a minus. But if I think of the episode of last week with the monster of the week, Scorpion Child, which I gave an A minus, I have to change it actually. Then I would give the episode of last week a B plus as you did. And then I would give this an A minus because there is also a little bit more about the overarching story. Okay, just one more time coming back to last week's podcast to answer one of your questions. Um, And and then, you know, the last
0: thing, uh, Fred, report back whether or not Vera has a gun under her pillow. Maybe things are different in the Netherlands. Right.
2: Well, I checked, and it proved to be a knife. Actually, a knife. I brought her to cut some kiwis or avocados. I made a picture of her to prove it. You can find it in your Facebook DM. Fortunately, with all this, sorry, shit happening in this hospital, she didn't lose her sense for humor. And obviously, she had listened at least to the end of your podcast. Okay, that was all. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. P.S. There were some problems of the podcast being available on iTunes. By the way, I never have problems with the Podbean. It's just iTunes that uh, sometimes is late or not at all or whatever. Surely not Podbean.
0: Before I get to Fred's feedback, just uh, you know, you mentioned the orphan black kind of connection ish. One of the shows that my wife and I just watched this was on Netflix. It's called Triptych and it's a Mexican thriller suspense where uh you know basically the this woman who's a crime scene in, investigator uh, you, you know is is called to a scene she goes over to the dead body she looks down and it's an identical twin ah. and what we come to find out that not only are there two of them there are three and there's you know one scene you know, in which uh, you know, she and her and, and you know, none of them knew about each other. Um she's talk- Do they
1: not have copyright laws in Mexico.
0: Well, you know, now the one that the the one says, Well, you know, what if we're clones? And I'm, my wife looks at me, I beat her to it, orphan black. And I thought, yeah. Fred <laughs> But anyway turns out they're not clones but uh anyway fred brings up that great scene when
1: that would be crazy that would be uh (laughs)
0: uh, peter's eating the burger in front of gene yes and 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 walter says something to him defiantly peter takes a big bite did you see what he did with the burger
1: well because gene moves like you know i guess growls moves whatever like you know gene makes a noise when he does it so
0: he throws it out yeah no no he, no what do you do he throws it onto what's left of the body on the table uh, oh and i'm thinking well, that's
1: like the same thing and right? i'm
0: thinking like well he's not going to be able to finish that but
1: yeah oh well that's one thing we didn't really mention is walter piecing the body back together we see it uh, progressively throughout the episode, right. as he's reconstructing the body, that was,
0: and it's all up to the fact that Peter finds the ear at the uh, train station, and well, he finds the well, um, he finds the badge first, right, right, right. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, Walter
1: finds the ear, which is gruesome in and of itself,
0: but uh, yeah, you know, the other thing we've talked about this—it's just so difficult to remain unspoiled. Because we need to access IMDb. It's, I think, the preeminent site for, you know, podcasters to figure out, you know, what other things has this actor been in. And and then you see, oh that's the only episode he or she's in well okay i guess that answers that or yes but yeah i don't know you can only be so careful well,
1: right and i mean like i like what was it last week i mean god
0: there was what, like three people in
1: last week who i recognize i'm like oh i know that guy like you know, like my first thought like when i saw um sam i mean my first thought is well uh, you know of course i remember him, because he played sam in fringe But then I'm like, but no, he's been, I'm like, yeah, he was super bad. I remember super bad for sure. You know? Um, so sometimes you just like, you you like, you're like, ah, where do I know that guy from? And it's, you just have this little easy reference.
0: You can find out. Great photo of Vera's knife in the hospital. And and, and Fred, Yeah, I didn't
1: understand those when he, he sent them to us. I was like, what, what is, I mean, well, obviously Vera was in the hospital, which sucks. I hope, I hope she's on the mend. Yeah. Um, but uh, like I didn't know what all the stuff was with the knife. And then you know, when I heard Fred's feedback, like, oh, okay. Now it makes sense. That, that's, that's pretty clever. I like that. Yeah. So uh, anything else about Fred's feedback you want to bring up? Well, just you know, we, don't, we don't get a lot of funny moments. We don't get a lot of humor in Fringe. Um, you get a funny line. We get quite a few actually funny lines every now and then, but not like moments of actual genuine humor. And this was like, I, I mean, I'll admit, I laughed out loud during that one part with, with Jean the cow and everything. So that was good. Um, I, I assume that Fred was speaking German in that one part. And I actually did take German for a year, but I was like maybe one of the universe's worst, uh, students of the German language. And so not able to understand what, uh, what he was laying out there though. So now if you speak Spanish, I would probably been able to hold my own there, but German, uh, sorry. All right,
0: well, Fred gives it a B plus, A minus. You know, I last week I went B plus, you went A minus, And I want to go A minus this week, but I'm trying to think, well, why do I think this one was a bit better than last week's? And yeah. I, I guess because a little bit more mythology in this one with the observer and that the actual crime that the colonel was committing was tied to the mythology so i'm gonna go a minus this week
1: yeah, I'm, I'm actually gonna go b plus okay just because i mean I, I love the mythology at the end that was great and again like come on it's an episode of fringe like they're all a's really i just have to we have to get i have to grade some down at some point right so I'm not giving him A's all season. I won't be too much of a fanboy. I, I guess just you know, like the the threat was not like this super existential threat. And they have the timer thing, which I'm not a huge fan of, you know, and everything.
0: So um I'm just gonna give it a B plus. Well, you know, I, I
1: have to give him a B every once.
0: In okay, a while. but you know what it occurs to me, and I think we've talked about this before. You know, on the one hand, should we have a different grading rubric for a show that has 20 episodes in its season as opposed to a show that has 10 or 13?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And, Considering we have zero rubric at all right now, I mean, that might not be a bad idea.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully J.J. Uh, Abrams' mother won't call us up and ask him why we grade him down, but...
1: No, no, no. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put it past her but she's from an older generation
0: yeah she true she that. would yeah, sure. she would say we're right sure
1: J.J. Abrams she try to give his kid a B yeah. Ooh. yeah so
0: all right well Fred thank you so much for the feedback and hopefully uh, this time next week Vera will be at home and yeah. watching yeah, well, Fringe Vera. with you but uh, yep anyway all right well that will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch thank you for joining us love to hear what you think about Fringe the peripheral the demise of 1899 anything going on in your genre tv world sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us you can check out the facebook group if you haven't already we'll be back next week to talk about season two episode four of the fox series fringe but until then
1: you know dave i just I, i like seriously can't believe i have to say this again but for like please for the last time What did I tell you about experimenting with